Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. This is Reverend Rosemary with you today. I rejoice for this opportunity to be with you again as we sit together at the table of God's Word. We'll open our study with a word of prayer. Hallelujah. Father, we praise you. Lord, we worship you. We glorify you. We thank you that you are always at work in our lives, O oh God, to lead us, to guide us, to protect us, to provide for us, O oh Lord, exceeding abundantly what we can think or ask for. Lord, we thank you for all that you have done and continue to do for us, even now, through these studies, as you draw us unto you to teach us and inspire us to go higher in you. I pray, Lord, that as we, we yield ourselves to you, to your Lordship, that you will have your way in us, that you will, teach, um, you will touch us at our point of need, oh Lord. Hallelujah. And let your word become a living reality in every area of our lives. Let this be for your glory and for our own advancement. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, today we're going to look at the topic, Spiritual Implications of Being in Christ. Hallelujah. Spiritual Implications of Being in in Christ. Let's open up by reading from the book of Ephesians, chapter 3 to 6. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he has made us accepted in the beloved. Amen. Let us note here three Phrases that are found in verse 3, verse 4, and verse 6. And, it, and here are these phrases. In verse 3, it says, in Christ. God has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. In verse 4, God has chosen us. In him. And then in verse 6, he has made us accepted in the beloved. Hallelujah. So this is actually the theme of this study. The implications of being in Christ. Which I hope by the grace of God, we will have get a greater appreciation for the love of God that is displayed for us as we go through this study. And we get a greater appreciation for his work in us to make us his treasure, to make us his workmanship created in him unto good works. You see, God did not wait until we were born to figure out uh, a destiny for us. Before the earth was ever created, we find out from his word that he chose us in him to be adopted and predestinated us to be like Jesus. And 
he provided everything that we would ever need to fulfill that destiny. According to 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 4, God has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. So, not only he's given us what we need to live an abundant life, but also whatever is necessary, everything that is necessary to be holy and blameless before him. He set aside for us all the blessings and divine power it would take for us to represent him on the earth and bring praise and glory to him. You see, if we were to go back and look at uh, a couple of verses, we started in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3. Now, let's go ahead and go back a couple of verses, Ephesians 1 and verse 1. And we see in this passage of scripture that it is addressed to the faithful in Christ Jesus. Here is the word, the word again, that phrase, in Christ. Let me go ahead and read that verse. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, to the saints that are in Ephesus and faithful in Christ Jesus. Amen. This, the message here is being written to the saints that are faithful in Christ. And there is a depth of insight that is crucial for us here. And it is this, the phrase, in Christ Jesus, which, by the way, is used 27 times just in this letter to the Ephesians. Amen. The first question, therefore, for us here is, are we in Christ Jesus. What is someone who is in Christ Jesus? According to scripture, this person is a member of the body of Christ. But regrettably, we use that phrase so casually and so superficially. So we really have to ask ourselves what is someone? who is in Christ Jesus, because it's an important question. And according to scripture, it means that this person is someone who is vitally united with Christ by baptism of the Holy Spirit. We find this in 1 Corinthians, chapter 12. Let me go ahead and read that passage. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 and 13. For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that body being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. Amen. Notice verse 13. It says, for by one spirit, we were all baptized into one body. Amen. So these verses clearly show that believers are united by one baptism, one spirit. We are in Christ Jesus. We are part of his body. And it is essential that we understand the spiritual implications of that union. We are told in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 17 that he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. 
Amen. So we see oneness. We see union, unity. Amen. So we find these words in Christ repeated over and over in this epistle. In verse 3 that we read earlier, let me go ahead and read it again. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessings, blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Amen. So here we see that God again is speaking about the believer's life being in Christ, in the beloved. It's all about being in. The word in keeps coming up, in, in. As soon as we step into Christ, things change. Things begin to happen. And we need to know that it's not just Christ in us or Christ in you, but you in Christ. Why? Because Christ is the greater and the lesser is in the greater. Hallelujah. We are in him. We are actually living in Christ. It's an awesome revelation when we get it, that we are actually living in Christ. As Colossians chapter 3 tells us, our life is hid with Christ inside of God. We are in, hallelujah. Galatians chapter 3, verse 27 says, for as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Hallelujah. So this baptism into Christ, in this baptism, we put on Christ the same way as we put on our clothes, we put on our shoes. Hallelujah. We are living in him. And when this, when this moment happens, hallelujah, the deluge of things begins to happen, which is equal to what we learn. We just read here from Ephesians chapter three, I'm sorry, chapter one and verse three. It says that we are being, we are blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Hallelujah. So the moment that we have put on Christ, we are blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. What we need to remember is that God is a God of purpose. He has a purpose for doing this. There is an objective. He has a plan that is unfolding, even before our very eyes. Hallelujah. So everything that God does, or actually has already done, it is in Christ. So we are going to find that phrase being repeated over and over again. The tragedy is that the world, and when I say the world, that may also even include uh, Christians who are not living the life that God has called them to, for whatever reason, uh, ignorance or negligence or, you know, just rebellion, um, disobedience, the tragedy is that people are trying to get these blessings outside of Christ and cannot find them. The world is trying to find peace. Everyone wants to have peace. Everyone wants love. Everyone wants joy. Unfortunately, people are looking for these things outside of Christ, and we can't find them. Why? Because they can be found only in him. Hallelujah. And that is why people are so frustrated. 
we see so many people all over the world singing aloud, you know, love. Every song is a song of love. Uh, but what happens at the end, it turns into a sour relationship. They can't find it. And I'm just not talking about one kind of love. I'm talking about loving one another, you know, person to person. Hallelujah. Just loving people. People are oftentimes disappointed in their relationships. Amen. And people are frustrated. People are working for peace all over the world. You know, you find this program, uh, this law is being passed. All these things are to promote peace. But somehow, war always breaks out again. There is always conflict. We try to be joyful. And people are left with a hangover. And it's because we are trying to find it all outside of Christ. So the question is, how do we get these blessings? And God has clearly answered that for us. He has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in Christ. And so once we have him, that is Christ, we have the rest. Amen. We are not going to go tonight into too much explanation as to these blessings being spiritual, but I guess at least we should mention that, that the blessings are not here physically in this realm, but they are in the spiritual realm. Hallelujah. In the in heavenly places. And we have to learn to appropriate that which is in, in the heavenlies to bring them down to manifest in our tangible, natural life here in this earth. Amen. The words in Christ speak of unity. As we just saw here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13, by one spirit we were baptized into one body. This speaks of unity. Amen. A united body that is organically unified. Amen. Through baptism with him, through baptism of the Holy Spirit. So these blessings have their composition and operation in Christ. In other words, Christ has procured these blessings for you and for me by his finished work, his completed work on the cross. Amen. And this is very, very important concept for us to grasp that the work is completed. Amen. That's why we call it the finished work of the cross. There is nothing that can be added. There's nothing that, you know, can be removed or added to it. The work is done. Hallelujah. Everything God has for the believer is in Christ. Our position is either in Christ or in the old man, which is the Adamic nature. So we have to decide where we want to be. Are we going to be in Christ or are we going to be in Adam? If we want to be blessed, and I'm talking about the real blessings that God has for us, not pseudo blessings, fake blessings which do not last and which will lead us to destruction. The Bible said that there is a way that is, seems right to a man, but the end of it is death. Amen. I'm talking about the blessings of God that make rich to which he adds no sorrow. If we want to be blessed, hallelujah, then we need to be in Christ. So anyone who has not made that decision to make Christ their Lord and Savior, now is a good time to do it. Invite Christ into your life. Hallelujah. Turn away from your, your old self, from your old ways, your sinful ways. Just come to him as you are and repent and turn around asking for the grace, for the, for the power to turn your life around. And if you are sincere, he will do it. 
Amen. And surrender your life to him. And from that point on, you will be in Christ and his blessings are, will be yours. Hallelujah. You become then identified with Christ because you are in him. So being in Christ speaks of our identity. And this identity encompasses a number of things such as our nature, our life, our relationship, our service, our inheritance, our future glory, our citizenship, and I will add one more, even our suffering, our citizenship. And I will even add the suffering that we go through as a Christian. Amen. There is a way that we must go through suffering and we come out of it not smelling like smoke and having been, you know, being promoted in Christ. Hallelujah. So let us first look at uh, our identity when it comes to our nature. The Bible tells us that if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Hallelujah. Second Corinthians chapter five and verse 17. We have, we are new. This is a brand new creation that has never been before. We are new. And First Peter chapter 1, verses 3 and 4, actually Second Peter chapter 1, verses 3 and 4, this is what it says. His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Amen. So God has done all of that, has given us all these things that pertain to life and godliness, because he wants us to be partakers of his divine nature. So in nature, we are new. We are like him. Hallelujah. We have his, his nature. In life, the Bible says that he that has the son has life. He that does not have the son doesn't have life. That is found in First John chapter 5 and verse 12. And I think we all know this verse, John 14, verse 6, where Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father but by me. Jesus is the truth. He is the way. He is the life. Amen. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. So we see that Christ is our life. Amen. We, when we, we come to Christ, we have eternal life. What we, which we didn't have before. We now have this new life in us. Hallelujah. Colossians 3 and verse 4 says, When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Praise God. So now that we are in Christ, we have his life flowing in us. We have his nature. Amen. And regarding relationships, we see that there is a new relationship that has been birthed by virtue of our being in him. I don't know if you remember the story in John chapter 20, uh, Mary Magdalene the, went to the tomb the, the day that Jesus rose from the dead. Obviously, she didn't know that he had risen from the dead, but she went and uh, found that he had risen already, and they had a conversation, and um, she wanted to touch him, and um, Jesus said to her in John chapter 20 and verse 17, don't, don't touch me because I have not yet ascended to my father, but go to my brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my father and your father and to my God and your God. Amen. So why does Jesus speak this way? 
he speaks about going to his father, who has now become our father, and he calls his disciples his brethren. He's making it very clear that a new relationship has been established between God and now his children and between him, Christ, and those whom he calls his brothers. In other words, we are a family. God has a family, which the Bible calls the household of faith. Amen. So in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 11, we, we find that same thought about, you know, brotherhood, um, you know, between Christ and uh, those who are in him. It says, Hebrews 2, 11, for both he who sanctifies and those who are being sanctified are all of one, for which reason he is not ashamed to call them brethren. Hallelujah. Jesus is not ashamed to call us brethren. So we see that our identity is also connected to our relationship. We are now children of God. We are sons of God. Hallelujah. And also, Let's go ahead and just jump right into it. It has to do with our inheritance, amen, which Romans chapter 8, verses 16 and 17, say that the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. Hallelujah. And it says also, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may be glorified together. So that brings into uh, uh, the, the, the question right now that the subject of suffering. Amen. Because it says, if we suffer with him, that we may be glorified with him. I'm going to touch upon that very quickly. But let me go ahead and finish with the, our inheritance. Amen. The fact that our, we part of our identity is the inheritance that we have in him. Hallelujah. That we have the same inheritance as Jesus by virtue of being children of God. If we are children of God, we are heirs, his heirs and joint heirs with Christ. In other words, whatever Christ has, we also have because we are joint heirs. Amen. Now, when it comes to our, to the suffering, it says that if we suffer with him, in verse 17, we may also be glorified together. Praise God. Notice that Philippians, in Philippians chapter 2, no, Philippians chapter 1 and verse 29, uh, Paul writes that it has been granted to you, amen, on behalf of Christ not only to believe in him, but to suffer for his sake. Amen. Praise God. And this was the Paul's uh, attitude, you know, his whole life as a Christian. He says in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection, talking about Christ, and the fellowship of his suffering being conformed to his death. So the subject of suffering should not be one that scares the Christian. Amen. God has given us grace to go through whatever it is, because he is never taken by surprise. He has given us, as we saw earlier, all things that we need for life, meaning abundant life and godliness. Hallelujah. So that we may be a partaker of the divine nature. Praise God. And so Paul came to a point in his life, he says, now I rejoice in my sufferings for you. Praise God. So there is a way that we can suffer in him, in Christ. Hallelujah. That will bring us future glory, as we saw in Romans chapter 8. Amen. Again, as, as he said, that you may be glorified with him. Praise God. So the end purpose of it is so that we can be glorified together with Christ. So everything that God does, 
everything that he allows in our life has a purpose. It is to glorify him, and it is good. Amen. Our future glory is also part of who we are. Amen. Uh, Glory will be revealed in us. In Romans 8, again, going back to that same chapter, Romans 8, we see um, it is written, he says, for I consider, verse 18, for I consider that the suffering of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Amen. Now listen, look at this, verses 19 to 21. It says, for the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subject to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. Because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. Hallelujah. So we see here that there is glory that is going to be revealed, that the entire universe is Christ's inheritance. And if we are in him, then it is ours also. So this becomes part of our identity in him. Hallelujah. Praise God. And one more thing um, that we need to consider is the fact as regarding our identity is that we are from heaven. Amen. Um, as born again Christians, we are not from the earth. We are from heaven. We are actually called strangers and pilgrims on the earth. And Philippians chapter 3, verse 20 says that our citizenship is in heaven. Hallelujah. Now, let me go ahead and confirm that uh, with another scripture, which is uh, Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 1. It says, Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our confession, Christ Jesus. Amen. What does it mean here, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling? It means that this is our home. This is where our future lies. Amen. This is where we get our marching orders. This is where our calling is from. It is from heaven. Hallelujah. Holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling. And then, uh, let me just, one more scripture. First Peter chapter 2, verse 9 says that we are a chosen generation. We are a royal priesthood. We are a holy nation. Hallelujah. His own special people that we may proclaim the praises of him who has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Amen. And then he goes on to say in verse 11, Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims to abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul. Amen. Hallelujah. So the Lord is clearly telling us that as people, his children who are now, uh, who now have their, our citizenship from heaven, we are strangers and pilgrims on this earth. We are not from any longer from the earth. We are in this world, but not of this world. Here, we actually, we are out of place. And the only reason we are here is because we are on a mission. We have to bear that in mind. This is part of our identity. And if we look at our lives from that angle, then we will live the life that we were called to because we are well able to. We have been given all things that pertain to life and godliness. Amen. And we must therefore be careful when we consider 
not just our position, but our practice. In other words, our way of life. Our position is a done deal. Christ has already done that. It is settled in heaven. We have been blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Hallelujah. Praise God. Whereas our practice means exactly what it says. It's something that we work on day by day, the perfecting of ourselves in the fear of the Lord in order to bring in line what is already settled in the spirit so that it may become more than a theological certainty that it may become an experiential reality in our life. Amen. For example, let's look at the believer's position. Amen. In Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 14, it's written, For by one offering he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. Amen. So notice that according to Hebrews 10, 14, God has already perfected forever those who are being sanctified. That is the believers. That is you and, and me. Amen. Now, what is the practice then? Because of that, what is our responsibility? That we have to join God in his work, the Holy Spirit in his work in us, so that we can be perfect. Matthew chapter 4, and sorry, chapter 5 and verse 48 says, Therefore, you shall be perfect just as your Father is in heaven is perfect. You see, there is no contradiction here. Hebrews 10 says that God has already perfected forever. That is our position. But when it comes to our practice, we are to be perfect, practice being perfect, just as our Father in heaven is perfect. Amen. A second example here is the, the, our position that the Bible tells us in Romans 6 and verse 2, that we reckon ourselves dead to sin. Amen. So, in other words, in Romans 6 to read, um, let's see, how should, how shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? So, we see here, that is our position. We have died to sin. But yet, in that same chapter, Romans 6, 11, we see the practice part of it, which says, likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus, our life. Amen. So we are dead to sin positionally. In practice, we should reckon ourselves dead to sin. Praise God. So, and, and, you know, alive to Christ, dead to everything that is negative. So if we think that way, that we are dead to sin, then we will act and come to in line with what has already been done in the spirit realm. Hallelujah. So we will be walking, our practice will line up with our position. Amen. One more example is uh, that in position, we are a holy nation. Amen. We just read from First Peter chapter 2 that you are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. His own special people that we may proclaim the praises of him who has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. This is our position in him, in Christ, we are already a holy nation. But First Peter chapter 1 and verse 15 says, But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy, holy in all your conduct. Amen. So you see that, you know, the, we have to bring through our lifestyle, to our conduct, we have to bring it in line with what has already been done in the spirit realm. And it's not just a suggestion, it is a command. This is how the children of God are called to live. 
because we have been given the grace. We have been given the equipping. We have been given all that we need for life and godliness. This is part of our identity in Christ. We cannot say that this is who we are positionally and in practice live like the world. It does not make sense. Amen. We, are, we, would, be fra- we would be fragmented and divided. And God wants to make us whole. Praise God. And by the way, God does not bless sin. And those, the, the, uh, the Bible tells us that, you know, God's hands are not short that he cannot save or deliver. He says, but people's iniquities are separating them from God. So there are blessings, there are wonderful things that God has already stored up for us all of them in the heavenly places. But because things are not in place, a lot of believers are not inheriting what the Lord has reserved for them. And so we have to be very careful about this. You see, Jesus wrote his last will and testament for his church, making it possible for us to share his spiritual riches And that's why what Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3 is alluding to in speaking about the spiritual blessings. Jesus wrote it in his will. It was signed by his blood. Hallelujah. And he died so that this last testament and will would be enforced. Uh, The same same thing. The will is a covenant. It's a testament. We use those three words interchangeably. Amen. So Jesus, you know, died to make sure that this covenant, this New Testament would be enforced. And then he rose again that he might become our heavenly advocate to make sure that the terms of the will were correctly followed. It's rather unusual that he is both the uh, testator and the executor of that will. Amen. But you see, because everything must be in him, in all things, he must have the preeminence. Hallelujah. So we see that there is a plan that God had from the foundation of the world that is being enfolded in our lives. Amen. Ephesians 2 verse 10 says that we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has ordained that we should walk in them. Hallelujah. So all along, God's master plan was Jesus. The Bible is a revealing of Jesus. And because everything was or was and is in him. So regarding our coming into this, we have to look at Jesus' victory over Satan for us, that is the new creation. Amen. And we have to look at the, the, God's blueprint. And what was God's blueprint was that, number one, concerning us, he chose us in Christ. And secondly, he predestined us to the place of sonship by making us accepted in the beloved. You see, we keep going back to the word in him, in Christ, in the beloved. Hallelujah. Praise God. Jesus in John 10, 10 says that he has come to give us life and life in abundance. And God wants and desires that his word to us be practical, be relevant, be experiential, so that we can, you know, appropriate the inheritance that he has reserved for us. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, and for this, we need to, you know, go back a little bit and think and ponder on the cross and see what happened there on the cross. And when we do, we realize that when the Holy Spirit went into hell and quickened Jesus from the dead, according to Romans 8 and verse 11, 
the result was a recreation. That is that Jesus was now begotten of the Father. And he had become the firstborn among many brethren. You see, here would come the words again, brethren. Amen. Hallelujah. So he is the firstborn among many brethren. So at that point, we who are in him, who have received him in our life as Lord and Savior, in the mind of God's justice, we were also recreated when Jesus conquered Satan and totally vanquished him. It's as though we had done it because we are in him. When Jesus rose from the dead, it was our resurrection. Hallelujah. So going back again to this wonderful verse of 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17, that if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Notice it also adds, all things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. That's why when we started this study, I said the moment you come into Christ, there is a deluge of new things that start happening in our lives. And we find out that the new creation that we are in Christ is absolutely a master over the, the, the adversary. And the same way that Jesus conquered Satan in every point, the Bible says that he was tempted in every point, like as we are, but yet without sin. Amen. Satan came to him and could find nothing in him. Well, if we indeed are in him, the prince of this world can also come to the one who is in Christ and find nothing in him. Because now, this new person, this new creation, has the nature and life of God in him. Hallelujah. That is why in 1 John chapter 4 and verse 4, it's written, we are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Amen. Notice it says, you are of God and you have overcome them. Again, the question of the position and then that of practice. If you know your position, then you can put it to practice because you have the grace to live like Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Grace has been given to us. And if the one who raised Jesus Christ from the dead is in us, then, then he will give us the victory if we decide to involve him in every aspect of our lives. We are his temple. The Holy Spirit lives in us. Amen. And, um, you know, the power of the Holy Spirit is greater than any force of all power outside of us. Amen. We are now the children of God. Our, this new spirit is Christ himself living in us. And therefore, he is in us. And he is greater than the enemy that is in the world. So we can actually live a life like Christ, free of sin, amen, able to endure like Jesus endured. We can walk like he did. He left us a commission. These things shall you do in my name. We can use that same authority and accomplish what he has called us to accomplish in his name. Amen. First John chapter 5, verses 4 and 5 says, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Hallelujah. Who is he that overcomes the world? But he that believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Praise God. So you see, if we are born of God, we are called 
to overcome this world because we use the faith that is of God that was deposited inside of us to take hold of the salvation that God has given us through Christ Jesus. And we become this new creation in Christ. So the faith that brought us into the family of God is the same faith that makes us a, a, a master over the adversary. Amen. Who is he that overcomes the world? He who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. We are called to overcome Satan. We are called to overcome the, 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 the world system because we are not of this world. We are, our citizenship is in heaven. We are just passing through here, enforcing the authority of the one who is in us, Christ Jesus and his Holy Spirit that has taken residence in our spirit. So in order for us to walk as people who are in Christ, we have to believe that Satan was already conquered by Jesus and therefore by us because we are identified with him. We are in him. These are the things that we need to be meditating on day and night so that it can penetrate our spirit. Amen. And therefore, then we are able to live from our spirit. And when things from the outside come against us, all we need to do is to speak as Jesus speak, spoke, amen, and see everything fall back into order. He commanded the sea, amen, the waves of the sea to be still, so nature had to obey him. He commanded sickness to disappear from human bodies, and they had to obey. He spoke from his spirit, amen, and our reborn human Spirit is the spirit of Christ, energized by the Holy Spirit. And when we allow that understanding, that revelation to dawn on us and we meditate on it day and night that we are in him, we become like Christ, master in this world. Hallelujah. That is why Paul, through revelation of the Holy Spirit, was able to write down in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 13 that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Hallelujah. The ability of God is in our hands. Amen. Praise God. And God has not only supplied some needs, but all of our needs. Philippians 4.19 tells us that, that God shall supply all our need, all your need, according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Praise God. Hallelujah. Jesus affirms this, and um, he gives us authority. And as, as he gives his disciples instructions and says, in my name, you shall cast out demons. So all authority has been given to Jesus. And now he tells the believers, use my name. I delegate that authority to you. All authority belongs to the church. So use that authority and rule and reign with me. Hallelujah. Our victory in Christ in all areas is assured. And when it comes to the issue of health, well, it's the same thing. First Peter 2.24 tells us that the believer's healing is guaranteed because Jesus bore on his own body, amen, that was nailed to the tree, amen. He bore all our sins, all our sicknesses, all our diseases, so that, hallelujah, we could live to righteousness. He says, by his stripes, you were healed. Praise God. By his stripes, we were healed. If we were healed, then we are healed. It is part of the redemptive work of Christ. And as long as we are in Christ, then this is our position. Hallelujah. Praise God. So all our needs are being supplied to. God has given us all that we need for life and godliness. And the reality 
of this of being this new creation in Christ must be not just a theological fact, but it must become a living reality. This is what the life of a Christian is all about. We have to allow these truths to, you know, dwell in us, to be established in us, so that no matter what is happening around us, whether it is, you know, uh, physical uh, attack, whether it is uh, even spiritual attack, whether it be, you know, against our body, against our finances, against our family, against our relationships, whatever it is, against, uh, you know, the enemy tries to come against our mind. Well, our position is that we have the mind of Christ. Amen. We have to rise up from our spirit and keep our focus on the word of God. Keep our focus on our being in Christ, the presence of Christ. The Bible says in his presence, there is fullness of joy. And at his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. God, if if we keep an atmosphere where the presence of God is always there, we don't we don't allow ourselves to be distracted by what is happening in this world, you know, by anything, amen, that is contrary to the word of God, but rather focus on his word. We will find out that as the word of God says, Jesus says that I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit for without me, you can do nothing. So we find out that if we cannot do anything, it's because we are not abiding in him. So the key word is to abide in him because everything is in him. All the promises of God are yes and amen in him. Jesus died so we might live in him. And he has set us free. And his word tells us that who the son sets free is free indeed. So salvation has come to us. Salvation has come to, to our house. All that Jesus has now belongs to us. Christ is ours and we are God's. So we are free to be who God created us to be. We are free to do what he has called us to do. In him, all things are ours richly to enjoy. And I pray that we all may live to enjoy all that Jesus purchased for us on his cross so that his name will be glorified in us and through us. Hallelujah. Indeed, as the Bible tells us, he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Father, we praise you, Lord God, for who you are, for who you have made us to be in Christ and the blessings that we have in him. Lord, you have integrated us organically into his body. We pray that you would help us understand what that means. The inheritance that we already have and what it is, Lord, to be born again and to be adopted into your family. We thank you, Father, that you have chosen us and predestinated us to be conformed to the image of your Son. Help us, O Lord to grow in you, to grow in grace, to grow in the knowledge of Christ so that we might bear his image, that we might be fruitful, Father God, in all that we think, in all that we say, and all that we do as we commit ourselves to you in the mighty name of Jesus our Lord and our Savior. Amen.
and amen. Hallelujah. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. God bless you. I pray that this, this study has been a blessing to you, and we invite you to join us again next Wednesday at the same time. Again, God bless you, and have a good night.